Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight YouTube show. My name is Andrew Krause. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight. And we have a very special guest on. Her name is Karen Steinbach and she is a former student and former InventRight coach. Welcome, Karen. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's fun to be here with you guys. And along with her, we have her former coach and our current head coach, Terry O'Mara, who was actually her coach back in the day, like seven, eight years ago. Um, so that's really cool. So welcome, Terry. Hey, thank you. Yeah, excited about this. Nice to have Karen back with us. And uh, she's got just such a very interesting tale. Uh, so, <laughs> hey. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the deal here and just say it right up front, the very, very short story. But here's what's going to be interesting, guys. We're going to get into the long story with all the lessons, all right? And so when I tell you what I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to, you're going to think it's something different than it really is. So Karen worked on a product about seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago. And um, she did a great job. She had a great video. We'll show you guys that in a, little, in a minute here. Um, she went to a trade show even, which you don't need to do, but she did and got a lot of cards and stuff. And she... She hit all. She hit on all cylinders. She reached out to a lot of companies, and she didn't license it. But guess what? The product's on the market now, and it's selling really well. But it's not Karen's. Uh huh. All right. So now what you're thinking is, oh, she got ripped off, and she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna tell you that she she didn't. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and look at her video real quick. It's a one minute video. You're gonna see. Wow, this is a this is a cool level headed product. So let's take a look at that. Here we go, James. Is your laundry space plagued by messes like this? Are you still putting trash in that space-wasting trash can or maybe in an old plastic bag hanging on the wall? Allow us to introduce you to Lint Bin. Lint Bin magnets to your washer or dryer and serves as a convenient space-saving receptacle for used dryer sheets, lint, and other laundry room trash. When full, simply pull lint bin away from the machine, remove the lid, and dispose of or repurpose the contents. With no mounting hardware required, it is easy to attach lint bin to a variety of locations, for example the dryer door, or to another metal containing surface. Lint bin provides an ideal solution for hallway laundry closets, stackable units, and even small rooms with tight spaces. Say goodbye to your messy laundry space and hello to the clean, compact convenience of Lint Bin. All right, we're back. Uh, Karen, that's a really cool product. I'd be really proud of that and I'd be proud of the video you did too. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was super fun. Okay, so you worked on this seven years ago. You didn't license it. You moved on and now you saw it hit the market. So what happened? Yeah, just a, a few weeks ago, I get this uh, text from my brother, and he's like, "I told you this one was a winner, and it's a it's a link to the Amazon for for sale for this this uh, lint bin product," and my first reaction was like, "That is so cool! Like, it's so cool to see." something that a while back I worked on and I thought it was a, a cool idea and I just couldn't get traction on it. And it's like so validating to see like, yes, this is this is a great idea that people are are interested in. And uh, I, it was an idea I came up with uh, back in uh, 2016 when I was a, a new InventRight student. And I had this hall laundry closet at my house that just didn't have room for a trash can. It was very small and there wasn't even like a shelf or anything really to put a trash can on. So I was always walking down the hallway with my my dryer lint trying to figure out where to put it. 
And my brother did some work in magnets at the time. And so we were joking around and, and, and I was always, we were thinking a lot about magnets. And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if we could take a product and just like create a little magnetic thing to stick to my washer or dryer in my limited space that I could use kind of as a trash can. So I started working on that and pitched it pretty heavily. Um, and then I took a pause. I pitched it for about five months. Uh, started working on my second product, which I got into a licensing uh, discussion with. So I paused on the, the lint bin for a bit and then came back to it, uh, pitched it again for a long time um, for for another six or seven or eight months and just mm -hmm. couldn't get traction. And eventually I just was, I, I got lots, I got into lots of people. I got lots of no's. I got some feedback and just couldn't make traction on it. And so I ended up kind of setting it aside and just moving on to, to other things. Now, the, so the product, it's essentially more or less the same product. It's now selling on Amazon and it, it got a lot of, it's getting a lot of great reviews. Yeah. How many reviews is it? Did you, you said something like, Terry, didn't you look at it? Was it 10,000 reviews, Karen? 10,000 reviews. And, and I've always gone by just kind of the general rule of thumb of one in 10 people that purchase a product is going to leave a review. So you're talking like 100,000 people <laughs> that product. That's an incredible number, right? Um, and yeah. and to me, you know, I, I'd forgotten, Karen, that you went back to it and did start pitching it again. I recall that now because the negotiation discussion she was in for the previous product was taking some serious time, um, kind of a bigger idea, if you will. And and so I thought, God, that's a, it's such a perfect product. It, it, can we talk a little bit about them? We just saw the, the video, but I would love to talk about why I loved the product back then because you identified this, this opportunity in the marketplace, this hole in the marketplace, um, and your thought process, process, excuse me, on that was, I thought, just really spot on. Um, so can you kind of talk to, to what that was about? Because I think that's an interesting part of your story. Hmm. Well, sure. As I was getting some, you know, some no's and some, we don't see the purpose of this. Why wouldn't you just have a trash can? You know, some of that feedback. I started doing a little more in-depth market research and putting together some statistics on what housing was looking like, right? In the United States, like what, what was the trends? And the trends even back 2016, 17 is that people were like moving into smaller spaces. People were living in smaller spaces, more apartments, more condominiums, smaller homes, spaces that weren't gonna have big laundry rooms with lots of space for all of the things you need when you're doing your laundry. And I even put some of this marketing material together as a kind of a page two, if you will, of my sell sheet as I mm. further along in my pitching. And I got some feedback like, hey, this is really, you've done a nice job. This is great. Uh, this is great information. And for whatever reasons, right, we're still not interested. But, but kind of seeing uh, an upcoming trend in what was happening um, with housing. And I mean, people have always lived in small spaces, but I think it's becoming even more and more prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, it was uh, obviously a bit ahead of its time um, as far as a product idea, but I love the fact that you evaluated the marketplace as thoroughly as you did and then, Hey, this is a trend. This is where we're heading and more people are going to want this. I think you were just, you were out thinking the uh, <laughs> head of product development or the CEOs or whatever you're dealing with. At the time, you, you were already on top of it, and they had not quite seen that trend happen yet, and so they're thinking more traditionally. I, that's just my guesstimate um, as to how things went, but it seems to make sense now that we look at this product on the market and it's selling 100,000 units. Yeah. Well, that's pretty... 
that's pretty generous of you, uh, Terry. I think honestly, I'm just a, a lazy person who didn't want to walk down the hall to dispose of my lint. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the generosity in, in uh, your assessment. Uh, so no, you're all very thorough in your each one of your processes with the invent right ten steps. There's no doubt. So to break it down on what some of the uh, learning lessons learned here are, you you were maybe ahead of the time. You know, that was seven years ago. And yeah. if you had come back to it like two years later and you resent it to all the same people, you might have licensed it. So this is the really big lesson here, guys, that when you don't license something and you didn't get specific reasons why not, which is extremely common. If like five companies tell you, well, for this, this and this reason, this product's not going to work. And you're like, oh, I can't fix that. OK, you're done with that project. Right. Right. But that wasn't the case for Karen. It's not a case for a lot of you when you guys are going to be reaching out with your ideas. If you already are, are you going to? Um, you're going to get nonspecific no's. They're not going to give you really solid reasons. Maybe you might not agree with some of the reasons. So to reach back out, you know, 10 months, a year later, year and a half later, to all the same people, maybe some new people with the same marketing materials, is the easiest way to license a product. Like you should be doing that. I came, I just didn't come back to me. Well, it was last year because it's January of 2024, right? So it was last year. Because it sounds so long ago. And they were talking to me, oh, there's a new product in it. And I'm like, okay. And I said, I said to her, I said, so how many products have you worked on? And she worked on a bunch. And I'm like, how many of those have you shown a second time? And she's like, none. And she's like, oh, oh, oh Andrew. She <laughs> felt kind of bad. She's like, I know you guys teach me to do that. But I'm like, I just didn't know. I'm like, you need to do that. I said, do not work on this new project until you've pushed out all these others because you got the sell sheet you got people's names you can just push it out again and that same marketing manager might be in a different headspace so i think yeah. that one of the biggest lessons for me here with this is that karen could have reached out a year later two years later and done it again and then they they were like yeah you know apartments are getting crowded i started to believe it because I think she was ahead of the curve. Now you got this product that's got 10,000 reviews on Amazon, which I, Terry, I buy tons of stuff on Amazon. I don't even think one in 10 people write reviews. So God knows how much it's selling a lot. But when Karen emailed us to share it, she's like, oh, this is cool. And I think yeah. most of you would be like, this sucks. They stole my idea. But nobody, <laughs> so did, did no. anybody steal your idea, Karen? No, absolutely not. You know, I love, there's a, an author, Elizabeth Gilbert, she has a book called Big Magic. And one of the things she talks about in this book is that like ideas and inspiration, they're kind of out there floating in the world and, they, and they're looking for a human to collaborate with. And sometimes when we're lucky, they choose us and we get the opportunity to kind of move forward with an idea and to try something out. But if, if we don't bring it to life, they choose somebody else, right? They, they, they say, oh, well, okay, I guess this isn't gonna work out. I'm gonna go find another person to collaborate with. And I love that thinking of it because one, it's very motivational for me to actually get going with my ideas, to bring my stuff out and not just sit with it. Because if I sit with it and don't take action, it's gonna end up with somebody else and they're gonna they're gonna be successful with it. So thinking of it that way, it's like, hey, I did what I felt like I could do with the time. And then I didn't come back. I didn't come back to the idea. I didn't revisit it later on when the timing might've been better. And it found a new place to live with a, mm. with a new person who is doing great things with it. And I think that's really exciting. And I wish them every uh, ongoing success. And just to be clear, it's, it's not one of the companies that you presented to. Just if it's a good idea, oh, eventually no. it's going to come out, right? Right. 
I mean, we see this all the time, right? It's sometimes amazing when I was an infant, right, coach, how often more than one student would have ideas that were so similar to each other or trying to solve the same problem maybe in different ways. Because, I mean, we're just all out here in the world and it makes sense that ideas are kind of coming up simultaneously in multiple places at the same time or later on down the road. I mean, we see this all the time. People say, oh, I thought about that as a product and now it's out in the world and I well, never did anything with it. Sometimes people will join InventRight because of that, right? They're like, I, I had this idea and for you it happened after you actually worked on it. Most people, they never work on their project and then it comes out. So that's another reason to get up and running with it. And then if you yeah. don't license it, try send it out again later. Not not two months after somebody said no, of course. And, and the reason for that is a lot of times like that marketing manager, they may have actually liked your product but they didn't have the bandwidth personally to take on another product not the company but the person because their boss is going to say okay bob you're going to be in charge of that and he's like i got too many projects so <laughs> he didn't let bob didn't let you know i'm fictitious bob here uh didn't let <laughs> you know that he was interested so he said not at this time not a right match but then when you reached out to him a year later he his boss two weeks earlier you get lucky with one it's just timing right that's a big issue timing here said in a meeting we need new products and now he's looking at the same product and going ah yeah okay this is the right time right. Um, you know i would like yeah. to, to point out something here too because we were talking about the lessons learned and i think there's a lesson for everybody here based on on karen's attitude because i think it's so important and and i genuinely feel as though if you were to um have had this experience and came at it from a negative place. You're upset. You're angry about the fact that you didn't get the licensing deal. Somebody else is out there selling a hundred thousand units. If you come from that place, it's going to, uh, it's going to kind of taint your experience with licensing and your enthusiasm for moving forward with other projects too. And my fear is that you people will end up with, you know, five no's and they'll be giving up. They'll be like, oh, it's another, they're just saying no again. It's another one of those situations. And then they don't want to keep, continue to pursue projects. And I love Karen's attitude. It's, hey, this is awesome. It's, it's validated. My idea was spot on. The timing wasn't terrific or the, the CEOs weren't sharp enough to be ahead of the curve like I was, um, which is, <laughs> I, I like to give Karen that credit. And, and, Yet, I just genuinely feel like the attitude makes a big difference, and it'll make a big difference in her ability to do other projects going forward. Hmm. Thanks, Terry. I agree with you on the the mindset part of it, right, and the attitude part of it. And I also would like to acknowledge that I'm probably not the first person that came up with that idea. I just happened to have it and pitch it, but you know, probably dozens of other people have come up or created something in their own homes or rigged something up that was similar, right? So did they um, call it lint? <laughs> In. Because Lint Bin, his product's name is Lint Bin. It's the exact same name. Well, I mean, a bin is is another term for like a, a wastebasket, right? So it's a it's, pretty. It uh, it's a it's not a big leap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, what it's done, it's actually motivated me to pull some of my other products that I haven't pitched in a while off the shelf and get back at pitching them because. Uh, rather than be like, oh, this sucks, like this is terrible. Like I'm like, oh, this is this is exciting. I do have good ideas, and I do have something that 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 has potential, right? And so, it's actually caused me to kind of circle back and pull some things and say, all right, let's get back at it and see see if the timing's better now than it's been in the past. Yeah, very very useful product. You know, you you were kind of joking that maybe some of the executives there didn't 
maybe they didn't live in a small apartment or something and weren't getting it. I think good marketers, they don't need to want it themselves. They need to understand their customers. But that's not always true. Not every marketing manager is a good marketing manager. And they're like, why would I need that? I got plenty of room for a trash can. But there's tons of people that just don't, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. very useful. My wife and I were talking like months ago. It wasn't that long ago about the lint situation. Like we didn't have a garbage can there. Now we have a big, a big uh, laundry room. So, but we, my wife doesn't like lint. She wants, she doesn't want it sitting in a bin. She wants to put it away and that's her. <laughs> There's tons of people with small apartments that could really, really use this. And like you said, out of laziness, you didn't want to travel down the hallway to put it, <laughs> just to get this lint and then put it in there. Just put it in, let it build up, and then you can uh, like build a fire with it or something. It's, I hear lint is a good fire starter if you're camping. Yeah, which is good and bad, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, it's in a nice, safe container. Are there any other lessons, guys? Because I, I think a lot of people, when they... And they see the title for this thing and they're like, oh, I'm going to I got to listen to this because she got ripped off. She got she totally didn't get ripped off. It wasn't one of the companies she presented to, um, but she didn't resend it out. And now it's motivating her, which I'm sure you've guided your students to do that when you were a, a coach, Karen, to like, hey, that's a good like, why don't you reach out again there? You know, but, you yeah. know, yeah. So uh, I, I, I think as far as one one more thing I just point out as far as. The lesson is that sometimes you can do everything right um, and it still mm. doesn't work out. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you had a bad idea. It doesn't mean that you didn't put the effort in and really make uh, the concerted effort. Um, it just didn't work out. Um, and OK, on to the next one. You know, it's one of the blessings of being a creative person, right, is that we have lots of ideas and um, and we're, we're constantly going to be coming up with new solutions. Uh, and and it's funny because I it, it, it's funny to me, Karen, because I have thought about the lint bin numerous <laughs> times um, since that happened, um, because I get chastised for taking the lint out and setting it on top of the dryer. <laughs> And not taking it down the hall. By so who, Terry? I have no idea who who would give you a hard time about that. Yes, yes, yes. My, my lovely uh, partner, Sherry, was is not a big fan of my doing that. Um, oh, but my wife would freak I, out I, if I, just, I did that. Oh, my God. I, I haven't done it. So now here we are. But uh, We'll buy one. It's a great I product. I, I think everyone should buy one. Support the the people who brought it to life. Well, and and you're helping you're helping people's marriages, Karen, because then they're arguing <laughs> over lint on the top of the dryer. Uh, one of my friends told me that she said this would make my marriage better if we had yeah, these. Way back go. when I created it. <laughs> but Terry, thank you for bringing that up. You know, you can do everything right, and it's it's not necessarily about your product. It's about it's about timing. And so, but the big lesson here, guys, which is most of you watching, you've never reached out to 20 or 30 companies or even 10 or some of you, not any at all, let alone done it and then not been able to do a licensing deal and then resending it out 10, 12, 16 months later again to those same people. So we're helping you think ahead for those of you that are in the game. It's something that every inventor should be doing, but almost no inventor is. And, you know, I I started telling our students that couldn't get over not licensing their first project, like, just put it on the shelf and go back to it. And this is like this is like eons ago. This is like 12, 15 years ago. And my motivation was to get them off that project. 
But guess what? <laughs> they started actually doing it and they started licensing the products then. And then I'm like, okay, now this is part of our approach. So there was a time at which we weren't teaching it. And most of it, well, I tried it, I showed it to a bunch, but you didn't show it to the right person at the right time for everybody. They were in a certain place and the company was in a certain place. So that's the biggest takeaway here, guys, you know, um, and what's really great is you already did all the hard work. You just, Absolutely. most of the, a lot of their emails are still going to be the same. Yeah. Some people might have left the company two years later, or a year later, whatever. But man, that's like pretty freaking easy. You can just email it to them again. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Circling back. And I think another takeaway for me and it, aside from timing and circling back and really just knowing that no now doesn't mean no forever. But another takeaway for me is like really how we think of our ideas. And, you know, when we can separate our ideas from our identity, like knows about the idea, mm. don't mean knows about me as an inventor or a creator. Um, it's, it's, there's such a lightness then to it, right? There's such a lightness then to being able to pitch the ideas and put them out in the world and see what happens um, rather than feeling a lot of judgment about what it means about myself when I don't get no's or when I don't get the traction or success that I want. Because there are a lot of things that have to align for this to all work out. And so, so yeah, when we can just be proud of our ideas and, and be excited about that, seeing them come to life and hope that we're the ones that do it, but sometimes that's not the case and that's okay. And yeah, just like really still being able to have lightness and have fun with, yeah. with this process. Terry, also. I really like that lightness because when Karen sent that email to, to you, you know, it, until I paid attention to it later, I thought she had licensed the product because I was busy doing a lot of stuff. I glanced at the email because it was so positive and she was light about it. And then later I went back and looked at it. I'm like, oh, she didn't license the product. <laughs> And, and this is, and, but she did a, it was when she sent that email to you and me and Steven, um, you know, it was very light. It was so light that I thought it was her that licensed the product, but she didn't. Somebody else that came out with the product. So yeah, you're just an absolute pro Karen that that's your attitude. It's amazing. Yeah, you, know? That's a, you know, and you mentioned the muse, the idea of a big magic, that book you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> and and so maybe it's the muse's fault. They brought you a bad product or a, a, <laughs> it's time. I don't know. Bad like timing. This. But I, I like the idea of wear it loosely, you know, and wear it loosely. It, it's, it didn't work out. No big deal. It's not an affront to me. It's not a, a personal attack that my ideas aren't good. Um, and, and if you can do that, you're definitely going to end up in a much better place and you're going to pitch a lot more ideas. You're going to, I think you're going to create much better relationships with those companies that you're reaching out to, too. Um, they're gonna feel that, right? Um, yeah. They have that kind of lighthearted attitude and it's all about, hey, I wanna help. I wanna bring you ideas that are gonna make a difference. Uh, and, and if you can do that, you're gonna make more friends and you're gonna get more deals in, in the end. And, and if, you, if you wanna operate out of a little bit of fear and have a sense of urgency, worry a little bit about that, hey, if I don't try to license this and show it to companies. Somebody else will come out with it. It took seven years to happen to Karen, but it was a good idea. It was going to come out eventually. <laughs> and now it's selling like hotcakes, you know? Yeah. So if, right. if, if that motivates you on the front end to go, hey, if I don't do this, somebody else will come out with it. That's, that's okay. A little bit of that's okay. Um, yeah, not too much of it, but, you know. I think that's a better fear to have yes. than the fear that someone's going to steal my idea, right? That's, yes. that's oh, so unlikely compared to like the fear that if I don't bring it forward, it's going to find a home with someone else and someone else is going to have the success yeah, that I would like to have. 
because, mm. you know, we've seen this before, guys. We'll see ideas, and we'll see a lot of inventors come up with somewhat similar stuff, right? And so to think that you're the only person genius enough to come up with new ideas, if it is a good idea, somebody else may have had that same good idea, and it's only a matter of time before it comes out. In Karen's case, it was seven years, a really long time. And, and and then don't get upset about it if you didn't do anything. You know, you got to jump on and do do something. Watch more of our videos on this channel to learn how to do licensing and, and go to inventright.com if you guys want some help. Karen, um, thank you so much. Very, very big of you to come on and share your personal story. Um, love to have you come on and share some more too. Maybe you're reaching out some of these old products that you worked on, you didn't license and then you license it or something. Like, yeah. Let's, just, let's manifest that. that. Let's 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 <laughs> let's make that happen. Terry, thank Perfect. you for being Karen's coach way back in the day. Yes, Terry. And for, for it was my on. honor. Truly, it was my honor. <laughs> All right, everybody. I want to remind you to take care and keep inventing, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. See ya. Mm -hmm.